Welcome to People, Places, Planet Pod, the official podcast of the Environmental Law Institute, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization working to ensure a healthy environment, prosperous economies, and vibrant communities founded on the rule of law. Welcome to this week's episode of the People, Places, Planet podcast. I'm Sarah Backer, and I'm your host. In addition to hosting People, Places, Planet, I also work on the Environmental Law Institute's Food Waste Initiative. And today, we will be discussing how to reduce food waste this Thanksgiving. Before we dive in, we would like to acknowledge that for many Indigenous peoples, Thanksgiving is not a day of joy, but instead a national day of mourning. We encourage you to relearn the history behind Thanksgiving and have proposed some resources in the description that are particularly informative. Well, if you are like me and my family, you have had some Thanksgivings over the years where you have made just a little too much food for your family and friends. And while your intentions were good and wanting to have ample food for the holiday, you were not happy about yet another meal of leftovers, sometimes days after Thanksgiving. We hope this episode will provide listeners with some ways to reduce food waste this Thanksgiving while still having plentiful meals. Senior attorney Linda Bregan and research associate Ellie Beckerman join me to offer insights into the Thanksgiving food waste problem. Linda is a co-director of the ELI Food Waste Initiative, which conducts research and works with stakeholders to prevent food waste, increase surplus food donation, and recycle food scraps. The initiative develops model policies, ordinances, and toolkits that provide off-the-shelf templates intended to reduce the transaction costs for resource-strapped municipalities of taking action to reduce food waste. And Ellie is here to discuss her personal experiences as a home cook invested in reducing food waste and to tell us about how her family avoids throwing away food over the holidays, including food from Thanksgiving dinner. Linda and Ellie, thank you so much for joining me today. Great to be here. Thanks for having us, Sarah. Thanks for allowing me to share a bit about my family traditions. Of course. Before we dive in, Linda, can you tell us a bit about why food waste is a problem and help set that context? Sure. So big picture, food waste is a problem from an environmental perspective, a cost perspective, and a social justice perspective. And unfortunately, it's a really big problem. In 2021 alone, 240 million tons of food went unsold or uneaten in the United States. That is 38% of our entire food supply. So just to unpack that a bit, starting with the environmental implications, food waste is bad for the environment in a lot of ways. First, the vast majority of food waste goes to landfills, incinerators, or down the drain, and none of those are good options. For example, when food waste decays in landfills, it produces methane, a really potent greenhouse gas that contributes to climate change. And when we incinerate food waste, that results in other environmental problems from the emissions. And as we know, incinerators are disproportionately cited in low-income communities and communities of color. And when you think about it, all of the resources, all the energy, the chemicals, the fertilizer, the water that goes into producing and transporting the food we throw away, well, that's all wasted too. And you know, in the case of fertilizer, for example, that's used to grow food that we don't end up eating, there are all sorts of additional concerns because that fertilizer runs off farmland and pollutes rivers and streams. In fact, in a recent report, EPA looked at the resources that go into a year of food waste in the United States, and this excludes the impacts of waste management, such as landfill methane emissions. 
EPA found the impacts included greenhouse gas emissions of more than 42 coal-fired power plants, enough water and energy to supply more than 50 million homes, and use of an area of agricultural land equal to California and New York. I mean, that's just a huge amount of land we are using to grow food that we don't end up eating. So there are just all sorts of reasons that throwing away almost 40% of our food is not good for the environment. And I'm sure it's also not good for our wallet. So can you please tell us more about what the cost of that kind of food waste is? Yes. So food waste is expensive, right? The analogy that Natural Resources Defense Council used in its update to its seminal report on food waste that was entitled Wasted, which people should take a look at if they haven't already. But in the waste report, the authors analogize the situation to buying five bags of groceries and just leaving two of them in the parking lot. And that's basically what we're doing. It's throwing away money. Another aspect of the cost of food waste is that on average around the country, more than 20% of waste in landfills is food. And this creates waste management costs for cities and other local governments because they have to figure out what to do with all this municipal waste. And those costs end up coming back to local taxpayers. So for a lot of reasons, it just doesn't make sense from a cost perspective to be wasting this food. So you mentioned that the food waste problem also has social justice implications. Can you tell us more about that? Sure. I mean, as we're throwing away all this food, at the same time, we have a growing number of food insecure households in our country. The Department of Agriculture estimated in 2022 that over 12 percent or 17 million households were food insecure, meaning that they had difficulty at some time during the year providing enough food for all their family members. And 5% of U.S. households or 6.8 million households had very low food insecurity. And that means their food intake was reduced at times during the year because of limited resources. Again, this obviously does not make sense to throw away food when people need it. And I really think that for this and other reasons that we've just discussed, that most of us intuitively feel badly about wasting perfectly good food. But here's the thing, Sarah, a lot of the waste is the result of good intentions, right? We all want to have food for our family and our guests, especially at the holidays. Nobody wants to run out of food. And we want to have leftovers if somebody is hungry later. So in thinking about how to solve this problem, we really do have to remember that what is driving it in part are very good intentions. Thanks, Linda. That's all very helpful. Can we talk a little bit about how the food waste problem is exacerbated on Thanksgiving? This Thanksgiving, ReFed, which is a national nonprofit that's dedicated to ending food waste, ReFed estimates that 312 million pounds of food will go to waste in the U.S., and they value that at about $609 million. So for some context, that's enough food to provide eight meals to each person in the United States who is struggling with food insecurity. One of the analogies that ReFed uses to give you a sense of the magnitude of this waste is that the wasted water associated with all the food that's going to be thrown away this Thanksgiving is enough for every person in the entire country to take a 90-minute shower. So the magnitude of the waste at Thanksgiving and really throughout the holiday season is something that we really need to be talking about. So now that we've talked about the magnitude of the problem, let's talk about some ways that we can address the problem. Can you please tell us about ways to reduce food waste on Thanksgiving and every day? 
there are actually some really easy ways to reduce waste this Thanksgiving and as you say, throughout the year. The most important thing to do is to avoid or prevent the food waste to begin with. EPA recently came out with a new wasted food scale that prioritizes how to reduce the environmental impacts of wasted food. And prevention is by far the most preferred method. And I would say that um, for households, that would be followed by donating surplus food, feeding animals, and then composting. So the last thing you wanna do is send your Thanksgiving food waste to a landfill or incinerator, depending on where your trash goes or to put it down the drain or garbage disposal, because when it goes down the drain, it ends up at a wastewater treatment plant where similar to when it ends up in a landfill, the food waste decays and generates methane that's just released right into the outside air. And also you think about the energy required to treat the wastewater that contains the food waste and only some treatment facilities can recover the valuable nutrients in that food for some kind of beneficial use. So there are a lot of things we can do to avoid these scenarios. And as they said, prevention is front and center. The most important thing to do is to plan. And that means exactly what it sounds like, planning ahead to make sure you have the right amount of food. There are some great tools online that you can use to help you estimate the amount of food you need. For example, Save the Food has a tool called the Guestimator. And what you do is you plug in certain information. It'll ask you how many guests. It'll ask you whether they are small, average, or big eaters. They'll ask if you want to have leftovers, and if so, how many meals. And then they give you prompts to pick your menu. So you build your menu based on a wide selection of options they provide. And after you enter all this information in, it tells you the number of pounds your turkey should be, how many potatoes you need, how many ounces of various side dishes. So it's super easy to use and really helpful. As I say, you want to plan for your leftovers as well. So if you're having guests come, for example, you might want to ask ahead, do you want leftovers? And if so, why don't you bring it to go? container. Or if you're like us, you have a ton of to-go containers from restaurants and you could just have those ready to go for when your guests leave. In addition to planning is to freeze leftovers because freezing really is a good approach all year round. It's like hitting the pause button on the food. But another approach, and I'm actually looking forward to hearing Ellie's thoughts on this because it sounds like her family has been on this for quite a while, which is to repurpose food. If you don't like the leftovers or you've just had too many, there's so many ways you can repurpose your leftovers into brand new meals. That's a perfect segue to hear from Ellie about the way her family repurposes Thanksgiving food. Ellie? So my family has two main ways that we repurpose Thanksgiving leftovers. And one of my favorite things about both of these is they're very customizable. So customizable to your meal, to your preferences, your tastes, all of that. So the two things that we do, we make turkey soup or Thanksgiving soup, and that starts with the turkey carcass. So just like making any stock, you put the carcass in the pot, fill it with water, you're boiling it, skimming off the impurities as they come up, and then you can add in vegetables. These can be the vegetables you have left over. They might also be scraps from the vegetables that you use to make your meal. So onions or celery that you used in stuffing, the scraps from that can go into your stock as well. And then you can add in turkey meat if you have leftover meat. There's a big debate in my family about whether or not stuffing should go in Thanksgiving soup. My grandma always makes it with stuffing. The rest of my family does not, but it's super customizable. So whatever you have left over, you can use it that way. The other big thing that we do is turkey sandwiches or Thanksgiving sandwiches. And this is also 
totally up to your taste, whatever you have left over. I personally like to take whatever bread we have around the house, a little bit of white meat turkey, a little bit of dark meat turkey. I think that cranberry sauce is really important here to give a little bit of acidity. But if you have leftover veggies, those are really good. And I think stuffing is also a really good addition to a turkey sandwich. And these recipes are also completely customizable if you're having a vegetarian Thanksgiving. So in that case, obviously, you wouldn't have turkey stock, you'd have veggie stock, and you might be adding a little bit of leftover tofurkey or whatever else you've made. And same goes with the sandwiches. There's no reason that you have to be eating meat with these. Well, thanks, Ellie. You're a wonderful cook, I can attest. So I will definitely be trying some of these leftover recipes. So in the case that you have tried to eat all of your leftovers and you've tried to repurpose all that food, but you still have some food left, what do you do then, Linda? Well, that's right, Sarah. So if despite your best efforts, and again, we're all just doing the best we can and we all end up with some food waste. But if you at Thanksgiving do end up with too many leftovers, you just couldn't eat it all, or you just have food scraps, right? The peels from potatoes, for example you can compost them. And composting is great because it produces a nutrient-rich soil amendment. And there are so many different options for composting, but these are probably just going to vary depending on where you live and what your situation is. So most cities don't currently offer curbside pickup of food waste like they do for trash and recycling, but some do. If you're not in those communities, many people have their own backyard composters, which in some cities, the city will provide for you at a discount. In other cases, you may have access to a community composting site where your neighbors collectively bring their compost. And then some municipalities may run drop-off locations like we have here in Nashville, where I live. And then in addition, in many places, more and more, there are private companies that offer subscription services that you can pay for, and they'll pick up your food waste curbside. So a lot of options to explore for composting. Thanks, Linda. I know that my family will be dragging our compost to our compost drop-off site. So what about people who are interested in donating food this Thanksgiving? Well, Sarah, donation is definitely an option. It's just the logistics can be a little bit complicated. But if, for example, you have large quantities of extra food, as long as it's been properly temperature controlled, it hasn't sat out for more than four hours and hasn't already been served, I think it is worth exploring in some cases, whether there's a local food pantry, a local nonprofit that you might be able to bring that food to. The logistics of donating during the holidays can definitely be complicated, such as just finding a place that can take the food at the right time. But it's definitely something worth considering. And as many of you probably know, Congress recently expanded liability protection for so-called Good Samaritans who donate food. Linda and Ellie, thank you so much again for being here with me today. And for our listeners, please look at our episode description for a list of resources that were mentioned in this episode. Thank you for tuning in to People, Places, Planet Pod, brought to you by the Environmental Law Institute. We would like to hear from you. So please send us your questions, comments, and ideas to podcast at ELI.org. And if you're interested in learning more about our work, attending one of our events, reading our publications, or becoming a member, please visit our website at www.eli.org.